Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Addy. Welcome to the, what are we, Club Dead? Oh, <laughs> excellent. That one. <laughs> that one. Welcome to Club Dead, the only Australian True Blood rewatch podcast. That's the, that's the one we can claim. We'll claim that one. We'll claim I'll that, that one. Um, we were just discussing that we don't have interesting facts this week, but we do have a lot of sass. Um, also, it's uh, welcome to week six of lockdown with the gladdest bin chicken. Uh, we, we time has lost all meaning. I I've said this. It's a construct. I keep, I keep saying to customers, I'm like, happy Wednesday or happy Friday. And they're like, oh, aren't you in lockdown? I'm like, no, 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 I am. I'm in Sydney lockdown. Uh, but I have to keep track of what day it is. I will just lose the plot. Like, I can't no believe show. today's Thursday. What the fuck? I'm so glad tomorrow's Friday because I get to play d and I'm so excited. Are you playing on Zoom? Uh, so we're doing a Discord one. Um, and oh, okay, doing, yeah. And we're playing like on Roll20. Um, and one of the guys today is like, oh, are we doing serious or silly? And I'm like, well, I have a half-orc bard who's dumped status strength. So, <laughs> so we're doing, we're doing kind of silly. Uh, he also has a bag of holding with unlimited loops because he has an anger problem and he snaps his loops. He needs that. And then, yeah, and then he just pulls out another loop. It's the only thing that goes into the bag. Um, I mean, but the bag has so many, so much room, right? For things. <laughs> my my first my <laughs> first character was an artificer, and this was when artificers were brought in originally, and they were broken. My artificer was the dumbest thing ever. She was amazing. <laughs> um, my artificer accidentally killed a hostage. Um, because we, we hit the hostage in a bush and my artificer, because she was a gunsmith, um, didn't get into combat. She was I could shoot you know, at the side of a barn from 500 feet. So you didn't need to be in combat. I didn't need to be in combat. But I'd also created molotovs because Ooh. I liked blowing things up. So I went to throw a molotov through a window, uh, failed the roll, um and accidentally threw the molotov at the unconscious hostage in the bush i'm sorry for your loss (laughs) but because i was because i was outside and the rest of the party was inside nobody knew i killed the hostage so as i'm walking back into the building where everybody is they're just seeing me put something into my bag of holding And it's just is it the hostage. It's just the charred remains of the hostage. <laughs> Sorry, can, someone's in there. Can someone smell barbecue, <laughs> bacon? <laughs> That's what human bodies smell like. Is it? I think that I've heard that it smells like. You're um, the criminology like, expert. So I, I don't know. That's forensic science. Criminology and forensic science. Are, we've. I'm too pretty for maths. <laughs> too pretty for math. I will study crime. <laughs> And its impact on society. Thank you very much. Actually, I did I tell you I'm writing a piece for my website about um, theories of punishment in the Saw franchise? No, but that sounds interesting. Yes, I haven't gotten very far. I've written the introduction and now I've got to talk about rehabilitation, retribution, and um, there was like another one I was going to talk about because uh, there's a few different theories of punishment. You've got deterrence and rehabilitation, retribution, um, incarceration. Ooh. Or I, incapacitation, I would, actually. I would, I would actually love to read that, but I'm only yeah. a fan. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of like the first Saw movie, and then it gets um, really. A little bit of both. And, and then it gets really weird and like torture porny for me. Yeah. So, what I mean by a little bit of both is that um, the theories are in the first Saw movie. So, you won't need to watch the others. So, incapacitation would be like uh, Jigsaw locking. Um, 
the two characters in the yeah I get really the first time I watched the first Saw movie I was like really confused because I could recognize one of the guys I didn't realize it was Carrie Lewis (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like what is Robin Hood doing here (laughs) why are you here why are you um, tights? Well, the other guy is actually the director of the film. I knew God, that. that and he's like an yeah. Australian or something he like sure that. He is. Leave it now. Because we make really good like horror, horror movies. movies. Yeah, he also did The Invisible Man. Ooh. Oh, I haven't and that was that filmed in Kayama. Oh, really? Yeah, we can go to the house. Let's go to the um, house. Actually, do you want to come on a haunted... Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That Wait, where it. are we going? <laughs> um, so I found it on TikTok the other day, but a friend of mine also knows of a haunted abandoned place. There's a haunted abandoned place in like 20 minutes from my house. Is it in Picton? Uh, not to dox you, but. Uh, no, it's not. It's an angle. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm glad you'll have to send me the TikTok. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, yeah. So anyway. yeah, it's it's close to my house and we're going to go and explore when, when the world is. When we're allowed fire. to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When we're allowed to go to the Aldi six kilometers from our house. Oh, there's, there's an Aldi oh, like days. two kilometers from my house, so I'm doing fine. <laughs> I went to the Woolworths. Oh, wait, you're locked down, locked down. I went to Woolworths the other day, and it was the first time I went outside Ooh. in like two weeks. Uh, <laughs> so it was also the first time I had driven my car in a while, and for everybody who hasn't been listening for a little while or if not updated, my car got written off in January. The car I'd had for eight years, my, my pride and joy, I loved this car. I had a, I had a Mitsubishi Lancer. Her name was Patsy. Rest in peace, Patsy. Rest in peace. Rip in pieces. Um, which she is now because <laughs> she got written off. <laughs> um, I got rear-ended by a fucking to- uh, Toyota Corolla at 50 kilometers an hour, which sucks, by the way. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so I got to buy my one of my dream cars. I have a Toyota um, 86, which is realistically just a debadged or a rebadged Subaru. Um, the, the chassis is actually badged, like stamped Subaru. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's a Subaru. Um, <laughs> Subaru. Um, so I got to drive it. Um, and because I, only drive, I know. Um, and then a cop drove past on my 60-kilometer street, and I'm doing 75. <gasps> I was like, oh, okay, no, remind myself that <gasps> I'm not. I just, it was so much fun to drive my car again. And, like, I love driving my car. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it the boot. And this cop drove past. I'm like, fuck. No, it was fine. Uh, and oh, then I probably slowed down and did the speed limit. It was a very safe driver. For, for a good, like, 15 seconds, I was unsafe, but there was nobody else. But if it just I'd feels ra- good. If I'd wrapped my car around anything, it would have been a train. I would have died. But nobody else would have. It would have just been me. It would have been fine. Um, I wouldn't have been fine. But I have a question. Do mm-hmm. you find that after you haven't driven for a few days, you I've think lost the ability you forget to drive? To drive? <laughs> I have completely just like, lost. how do I drive again? <laughs> so, because the Lancer also had reversing cameras and stuff like that uh when it got rear-ended the reversing sensors screamed like they'd been set on fire oh my god um, but the 86 doesn't have any of that and it sits very very low yeah so i can't see out the back my brother-in-law's mom had one and i was just like how do you see out of this thing i can't see out of it <laughs> um so i've got to use the mirrors and like my spatial awareness of where everything is I went to, and I've got to like reverse into our driveway and drive up because we have like a battle axe sort of thing. So, and I drive, I sit on one of like our top carport. So I'm like driving back and I'm like, hmm, I fucked this up. 
I'm going to come off the fucking retaining wall. I fucked this up. It took me four goes to get out of my driveway. <laughs> Did you just forget how to do things? I just like, forgot. How do I do this? I just I, forgot. I was, um, I just drive like a little uh, Suzuki and I'm just like, like, it's like a, like, like, I just take off in it. Yeah. It, it goes, it goes it's like <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, Jason, Jason's just got his car back. So Jason. Oh, excellent. So. Jason also got hit by a Toyota Corolla. <laughs> Just recently. Just recently. Um, it was like the Friday before we went into lockdown too. It sucked. Mm. Um, so the guy, Jason, was reversing into a car park and the guy next to him didn't see that Jason was reversing in and went to drive out of the car and hit Jason's passenger side wheel and snapped the steering column, which is really hard to do, by the way. In a Toyota um, Corolla. In a Toyota Corolla, this thing looked like it had done derby races. Oh shit, one of those Toyota Corolla. Yeah, one of those ones. It's got third party insurance. It doesn't have comprehensive for a reason. Um, Jesus Christ. So Jason's been driving the 8.6 to work um, and he hates it because it's lower than his use. Because <laughs> he's just like, I can't get out. Like, he's probably struggling to get out of it. No, well, his, his ute, his ute, he's got a, a special edition, like, Holden ute, and it's quite low to the ground. And he's yeah. like, the 8.6 is, like, lower. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's not. And then we got into an argument yesterday about whose car was more practical. And I said, well, my car's not practical because it's got four seats. Two of those seats might be for show because you can't fit anything in the back. No, um, don't worry about them. But it's got two more seats than the human does. <laughs> still has mar- more seats. And this is a marriage, kids. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is what marriage is all about. My this sister used to drive a Holden, um, she had a Calais, mm-hmm. a V8. And whenever I drove that thing, because it, it was so low, I'd be like, how the fuck? I just like have to roll out of it into like a fetal position on the ground and then stand from there. Like that's how I'd get out of the car. So Jason's, Jason's stock tint is like 10%. It is pitch black. And then he reverse drives it down our driveway at night. You've got to put down both the windows, turn on the lights. Like high beams. Yes, you your head out the side <laughs> so you can see what you're doing. I could have... I can reverse park the ute down our driveway. I can't reverse my own damn car out of the little driveway. To, I just then that's just this is what lockdown has done to us. We have lost is... the ability to drive. But we're driving by vicar- we're, we're living vicariously through people in Bonton who can drive. Yes, this this has a lot of this has a lot of driving in it. But it, I was just about to say that <laughs> I I have a whole I have a whole thing about the car scene actually with Tara and her mother. So oh okay, I'm intrigued. I have a whole thing about it. Um, but oh. yeah, so enough about my car woes and our lockdown woes and the fact that I am a hoon who can't drive. Um, please, I'd please be a hoon if my me. car did over seventy. <laughs> I have a one point six liter engine. All right. Listen, I'm environmentally of, friendly. I, I bet it's a lot of fun. It is. <laughs> it is. And that's what matters. That's what matters. Um, okay, hang on. I don't even have the... Where am I? I don't, I don't even, even get the intro. No, I don't have you, that. Because uh, you usually... I do. The intro expert. I'm, I'm normally far... No, I don't want to continue watching Charlie's Angels binge. What do you mean continue? Which uh, one? Uh, so I have five minutes left on the first one and an hour 33 left on the second one because the second one is no good. Yeah, well, see, I don't blame you. Um, what am I looking for? True Blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one. 
There's a lot going on in this episode, just FYI. There is so much going on in this episode. Okay, so this is season one, episode 10, I Don't Want to Know. Arlene and Renee have their engagement party at Sam's bar and Suki, already freaked out by Sam's revelation, is stalked in the darkened kitchen. Ooh. Ooh, Spoopy. Spoops. All the spoops. So I started watching this episode this morning at like half past eight. Um, and I had my, I, I'd had my head, I, I had my speakers up really loud because I'd been listening to music last night. And my first thing is uh, hearing Suki scream that loudly <laughs> before nine o'clock was a rude shock. Because as we know, Suki has been awakened by a rude shock on her bed. Yes. Which is revealed to be a naked Sam. Yeah. Sam's a dog. <laughs> well, yes. Technically not Andrew. Actually, I don't think this he's that bad in this episode. He's a little weird. Sookie's yeah. worse. Sookie's worse, but he's a little weird. He does have a whole really racist moment towards like werewolves. Oh yeah. <laughs> he gets really it's upset a, about a species. Yeah. A little moment, doesn't he? Um but, so Sookie Sookie's freaking out. She's like oh my god you're the killer you're the killer he's like no 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 it's fine and the only thing i could think was um listen suki i know i'm here buck ass naked on your bed you must be scared out of your wits mind but can we please talk about me for a second because <laughs> she's he says i have something to tell you <laughs> and she's like you're the killer <laughs> like obviously <laughs> like i okay. jump to the worst conclusions as well suki i get to, it <laughs> to be fair i my my first conclusion wouldn't be Sam is naked on the end of my bed. Where so a dog he's the was. killer. So he mu- no, well, it wouldn't be. He must be the dog. It must be. Why is he naked on the end of my bed? That's a little weird. What? How did you get in here? Yeah, I wouldn't immediately jump to he is trying to kill me. Because or... <laughs> he's and obviously I Im- not. <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't immediately jump to uh, he is a dog. But it would be a little weird. Yeah, but um. So she goes and hides in the bathroom, like behind yeah, the curtain, she, and I love that because I'm like, it's the only safe place that's as cl- like the closest she can get to. Because the shower is like caged as well. It's really weird. It's it's like a real southern real old school bathroom. Mm, but she she jumps out of bed like in her merlot shirt and her underwear, and she's she's got the loofah to like beat him to death with. <laughs> I'm like fair, whatever works. Alright, but I love exfoliating to death. I love that she peeks out behind, um, like shower curtain, curtain and the dog is there. Yeah, she's like, eh, and then transforms back into Sam. And I love how she's just like, shut the fuck fuck up. up. Why does Sam give her bedroom eyes though? Yeah, that was weird. He like transforms, and he looks like he's vaguely in pain and coming all over his shirt. He doesn't have a shirt on. No, but like oh, you mean the one, that, the Merlots one that's on. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah, like it's just really other side of the bathroom. Oh, it's just it's so weird the mm. look he gives her. Maybe and, like, it's just like an accidental thing he did while they were filming, and it's the best scene that they got out of like, <laughs> filming best, that day. The best facial shot they got. And I'm like, I'll just go with it. Let's keep it. Um. Tara is uh, meeting with Miss Jeanette in the woods and they're sitting around a campfire and Tara's asking like all these questions. Miss Jeanette's like, why, 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 why? Why, why $79.95? Because tax Tara, now shut up and eat your peyote. <laughs> but she's like, yeah, you think no one the answers will save you? And I'm just like, oh my God. Because, okay, 
So I suffer from what's called existential OCD. <laughs> it's you, you were just introducing me to all these things that I'm going to Google later and be like, oh my yeah. God. So existential OCD is obsessing about like dying or people that you know and love dying and what's going to happen to them. And I have these episodes at least like six times a week where I'll have like a full-on panic attack about dying. It's not fun. And so I kind of really resonated with that where I was like, you know what, knowing the answers ain't going to save me anyway. I used to be like that and then I kind of got more comfortable with the idea of dying. I think what I was more uncomfortable with was the idea of my funeral. Yeah. I'm like, like, I'm, a, I'm, I don't, that's the weird thing, right? We've, and we've, we've discussed what we want for our funerals yes. at length. We, we have on the podcast as well. Yeah. We've talked about it. Yeah, yeah. A couple of episodes it, back. Yeah. Like we're, we're hundred percent big advocates on um, natural burials and all that kind of stuff. I think what freaked me out was the idea of being preserved forever. And being oh yeah. And that's that creepy. Kind of um, I'm, I got better with the idea of dying when I, became more acquainted with my death plan yeah that's fair um, um as like, a okay. uh a satanist and a member of the satanic temple i um have a little bit of a crisis because i come from like i had a quite religious upbringing mm-hmm. and then um being in mormonism and then born again christian afterwards like i'm talking like evangelical pentecostal christian like hills nice, good shit. fun um, and then atheist, and now I'm more leaning towards uh, non-theistic Satanism, which is TST, uh, which means no heaven, no hell, no God, no Satan. We don't believe in any of that. Yep. I do as, like, myths. Yeah. They've got I'm a, like, oh, the idea's cool. It's like reading yeah. Greek mythology. I'll, I'll lean into Satan and God as, like, mythology, I not as in actual <laughs> I, I lean into Satan and God as in characters from Lucifer. Also the, that, yeah. The fantastic Netflix show. Yes, um, so absolutely. I my grandmother was a I wanna say a Christian? No, Catholic. Um, okay. I get the two I get the two confused. Um this is also very much my 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 influence from religion is I get Pentecostal and Presbyterian Pes- confused? Uh, Presbyterian? Yeah, confused. Um, I, anything if it's similar and it begins with a letter, my, my brain just says, <laughs> like same is, thing. This is, yeah, same thing. Y'all worship the same person. Um, well, he just wears a di- uh, he just he just wears wears a different hat. I wonder how um, Christians and Catholics would feel if they knew that um, Jesus was a person of color. I think they know, and they're all just in denial. Well, yeah, true. Um, but so, like <laughs> my my grandmother would say, um, grace at every meal. Oh. Um, Jason Jason is a Catholic. Okay. Uh, being, being Scottish, um, and so he's now he considers himself now more spiritual than anything else. Yes, that's fair. Um, and like I think that's just that he grew out of it. Yeah. Um, but he still goes to church with his mother at Easter and at Christmas, although not for the yeah. last couple of years because it's not like catch that. me in one of those places. I <laughs> made the mistake one year. Um, we were. I was working at Christmas and I had met Jason at his mother's place because we were staying at his mom's place Christmas Eve. And I asked Jason, Jason, what the story was this year for Christmas. And he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, like, what were you talking about in church? And he goes, Christmas, like the story of Christmas. I'm like, what? It's the same story every year. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, why do you keep going back? <laughs> you already know the ending. Why would you want to keep, like, there's no suspense. The, the butler did it. <laughs> 
was Professor Plum in the library. Yeah, with the candlestick. <laughs> it's the Romans in Jerusalem with the, with the cross. Oh, fucking hell. That's Easter. <laughs> That's not even Christmas. <laughs> I almost went along with that. And I was like, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> this... This is, I am not trying to be purposefully dense. This is just my relationship. The Religion. Only thing, yeah, yeah. I mean, my religion is purposefully dense. The only thing I remember. <laughs> That's my religion. <laughs> the only thing I remember about, like, scripture was colouring in Jesus and giving him blue hair. Do you know what the best part is? I didn't have to go to scripture because I was Mormon. So I got to go sit in non, non-scripture non and play puzzles with my sisters. See, I didn't have to. Like for, for, the, for the kids for the kids who didn't do scripture, you still had to colour in Jesus. You just didn't do the interactive learning bits. What the fuck? Yeah, right. I'd be so pissed off if my child's school did that. Because I am a massive uh, sec- secularitarian. So I Even don't think that. that religion has any place in school unless you send your kids to a Christian or Catholic school. Then yeah. they can do that there. Anyway, and then you can colour in Jesus. I digress. Um, yeah, so it's just it's just really funny that, like, Tara has this idea. It's, it's kind of confronting her spirituality as well, I think. Um, yes, absolutely. And um, I find it really fascinating because um, Miss Jeanette is telling her, um, she puts, uh, what does she put in her hand? Um spit and something root oh yes yes something oh, i can't remember what it is uh anyway so she holds it over the fire and then tells her to rub it on her face as she talks about demons how demons can travel through the cell phone and the microwaves and technology <laughs> I, have this, I have this whole thing so it's like she t- she says you've got poison oozing out your pores I'm like i'm sorry i haven't cleansed today i've been too worried about my upcoming exorcism <laughs> Sorry, I didn't get the toner out. Exactly. And then so she's talking She's talking about how the demons get in. She's asking yeah. her to use a cell phone or a microwave or anything like that. And I know that's meant to be like just a throwaway line about how the demons get in. But cell phone bad is probably a really good takeaway for today. Miss Jeanette is 100% onto something. Yes. Um, and then she tells Tara to drink this vial and it's snake, snake juice. juice. And I love how Tara's straight away like, this is made from snakes. She's like... <laughs> No. It's going to snake around your demon and pull that sucker out. Get it out. I actually found this really uh, interesting. Like the whole exorcism process. I I love, I just love Tara's skepticism into yeah. it. But she's also just like, well, I've got, like, she's no out choice. of options. Yeah. Which is really weird because she hasn't tried therapy. She hasn't tried drugs. I mean, she probably has. <laughs> she's tried she's alcohol. Sweet. Yeah, she's yeah. Like, there's other options other than spending eight hundred dollars plus tax to drink Ipecac and peyote. Yeah, with a stranger in a who lives in a bus. <laughs> I mean, I've done things like that before. Yeah, like bush do- <laughs> bush dogs are bush dogs are a thing. <laughs> I haven't been to a bush dog since I was like twenty. Who am I? <laughs> Who have I become? Who have I become? Although I do love when when Miss Jeanette says like rub it on your face, Tara looks at it and then she just starts patting it. Like at least she's taking care of the wrinkles. She's not gonna sit there. She's and, like, like I'm not gonna face. stretch my face out. Yeah. Do you know I'm 31 without a single wrinkle? I'm jealous. Yeah. My sister has crow's feet, and I'm like, she's like, I'm thinking about getting Botox, and I was like, oh, 
need it. <laughs> I want to try Botox partly for the migraine prevention, but partly yeah. because I have. Like, I get Botox because it um, actually fills out my incredible cystic acne scars, which are like on here, like on mm. my like near my mouth and on my forehead. Actually, I haven't done anything about my mouth, but um, those scars don't bother me that much. Yeah, no, I want to try and get it for my my forehead, but also just yeah. because of migraine stuff. It I'm doesn't willing hurt. To, yeah, Do I'm really willing to try anything to get rid of migraines. Yeah. Um. So, <sighs> where do we jump from? Tara drinking Ipecac to and... Jason's basement. That's right. Um, yes, where um, Eddie wakes up to Amy draining him, explaining that. And not just explaining, she's like aggressively talking at him about how her, um, she's, she's villain monologuing. Yes, she's how she's an organic vegan and her carbon footprint is minuscule. And she's very ahead of the time there. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, mm. um, she's she's talking about how like he can't imply that she's a bad person. I'm like, we aren't implying anything, honey. We are specifically stating we just you know are a bad, you're a bad person. person. Um, and, um, she's, she's talking about how she's such a good person because she went to this, um, poverty village, village yeah. and do this. And I'm like, of course she poverty traveled. Yeah. She did poverty tourism. Of course she did. Yeah. And then she's sitting there and she's draining him and she's like, oh, boom, 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 boom. Smacking his arm. He's and he's screaming and she's like, you're getting a clot. And I'm like, well, that's because you're draining him. Oh Clots my God. yuck. Um, my favourite is when I get a nosebleed and I, like, snort out a big booger, like, oh, yeah. clot. I, I, I just, when I blow my nose, it happens. I have, look, I haven't had nosebleeds like that in a long time. Um, I, I've told you I have fuck sinuses. I know, but... And the doctor's like, we can't find anything wrong with your sinus. And I'm like, well, there's got to be something going on. Like, my nose always running. I keep blowing clots. That was like 10, 12 years ago when that happened. Anyway, so she actually uh, finds the true blood bottles that Jason has been giving to Eddie. And she says, oh, it's beneath Jason and I to lie to one another. Withholding is tantamount to lying. Yeah. And that comes up again. Which I don't believe at all. I have I have varying degrees of opinions on this. Unless I, I ask, like... and then certain aspects of information has been withheld from the whole context. See, I feel like I can. I'm going to say something very controversial here. I can agree with Amy on this because he is intentionally keeping it from her. Yeah, of he course, is hiding it. That is that is secretive behavior. If, and like like she says, it's like their relationship is better than this. I'm like, sweetheart, what relationship? You're manipulating this dumbass. Mm. Um, I'm but, one of those people that's like, unless I'm specifically asked something, I don't if, say anything. But if I came across <laughs> something that somebody was trying to hide specifically from me. Which I'd be like, me, what the fuck is this? Yeah, that's Very that's different. kind of where I'm seeing it coming from. But she also, doesn't I just, ask Jason. No, of course she doesn't because she just assumes she's manipulating the shit over him and steamrolling him. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I is why I'm more, like, ah. I think she's more upset by the fact he's actually having a independent thought. Yeah, probably. That, like, he actually can, together. and that he's empathetic and compassionate. Yeah, and she, I think she likes that part of him. That's kind of why she's like, okay, we now need to start treating Eddie like a human. But she also doesn't want to lose. She doesn't want to lose control. Eddie, but she doesn't want to lose Jason. And she doesn't want to lose that control. Yeah. Because um, even Eddie does say to her that um, if I die here, Jason will never forgive you. Yeah. 
Um, poor Jason has just been manipulated 14 ways from Sunday. I know. I, I wrote here, um, though, that Amy is literally the radicalization of certain movements that we were popping up at the time. Veganism, mm. uh, poverty travel, um, you know, all these uh, different, you know, buzzwords at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not that she is this specific embodiment. She's more this characteristic of radicalization and militant thought that um, people think about these movements. It very much reminds me of Peter. The people for ethical ethical treatment of animals. Even as a vegan, I fucking hated Peter. And that's what a lot of people say. And it's just like, I can understand Peter as a theory. I understand math in theory. (laughs) (laughs) But in practice, Um, in practice, there is a huge difference. And especially when it comes to hypocrisy and stuff like that, there's a great piece by Penn and Teller about Peter. Um, There is a great piece by uh, the Illuminati um, on YouTube about Peter that specifically involves Pamela Anderson um, and a lot of her sponsorships that have involved leather and all that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. it's that's what it reminds me of and that's what it always comes back to and especially in 2021 when that kind of behavior isn't necessarily tolerated like you can be radical about things but there needs to be a level of moderation that makes it I don't want to say acceptable but makes it appropriate not even appropriate just makes it work yes because you can't get somewhere by being super duper radical whether you're left, right, or centrist, that's it's not going to work. You can't go out there and be bombing, you know, test research facilities. Yeah. Um, As a far you- left person who is like pro socialism and a Marxist, <laughs> if, that's what the radical right call us, right? Marxists, yeah. Yeah. Cultural, cultural, cultural Marxists. And it's like, mate, have you even read Karl Marx's manifesto? Yeah, no, I had. Cool. I had to read it for my first year of university and I fucking hate it and I never want to read it ever again. It's boring. Uh, Monty Python has ruined Karl Marx for me. <laughs> I don't even want to talk Monty, about John Cleese at the moment. Monty, Monty Python has ruined a lot of social, uh, like, just cultural things for me. Yeah. Why are we talking about John Cleese? Oh, because he posted a real big transphobic thing on Twitter uh, recently and it's just okay. like, oh, yuck, I just, you still alive? I thought you were cool. Mm. No, he's not. Anyway, um, I'm just gonna have a sip of my drink. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we're moving back to Sam and Suki, and Sam's explaining that he was adopted. Whatever shape shifting abilities that he has is hereditary, and he doesn't know much about it. He says he can turn into anything doesn't like birds because it's hard to fly, fly. Uh, but dogs are easiest for him and i'm like hmm, i wonder why is it because you're a dog of a man because you're a piece um, of shit okay that yeah. was a bit aggressive that but, was, um, a, aggressive. That was um, a bit aggressive but so suki is trying to sort of reconcile this new information and she's like yeah. oh, she's like okay like how many of there are you and he's like i don't know hundreds thousands tens of thousands mm. um we don't necessarily like keep a newsletter or anything like that and she's like <laughs> what about werewolves? Are they real? Um, and she's like, yeah, like he's, he's explaining that, yeah, they are. And he's, oh no, they were talking about shifting. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he says that like, he can't control the shift in 
a full moon. And she's like, oh, like werewolves. And he gets so upset. He gets so mad. He's like, don't you call me a werewolf. They're nasty. Do you they're, they're dangerous and all this kind of stuff. And I, I find it really funny because I imagine in the True Blood universe, werewolves are the same kind of thing that we have. So they're, yeah. rooted, they're rooted in fiction and mythology and all that kind of stuff. The same yeah, the lore fighters, that's but... already established. Yeah. So the idea of Suki comparing Sam to a werewolf is... Ladies and gentlemen, we're fine. <laughs> Do you want me to start that again? Yes. Can you start again? <laughs> yeah. Um. So the idea that Suki, uh, hang on, werewolves are rooted in mythology the same way that vampires would have been, so lore and fiction and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, the idea that Suki compares Sam to a werewolf is not far-fetched. If Sam had said to me, I can't control my shift. I'm a shifter. Like, I can shift into all these other things, but I can't control the shift in uh, a full moon. I would go, okay, so you have these similar characteristics to a werewolf. I wouldn't know that was offensive. I've never come across you before. I don't Sorry, know I didn't know werewolf was an insult. Yeah, I didn't know this was a slur. <laughs> I like that she also says, life is just getting too weird too fast. <laughs> Which is fair. That is an appropriate <laughs> that is a- reaction. <laughs> yeah. Um... And then they have, so they have like a moment. Yeah, and she's like, "I love that Suki." Suki sort of finds out that we she's is getting really weird, <laughs> and then she goes, "Could the werewolf have killed my grandma? Could a werewolf have killed my grandmother?" She just assumes everything is trying to kill her. Yeah, Suki, the universe does not revolve around you. Okay, I mean, when you're a twenty-something-year-old in like small town bumfuck Louisiana, you're gonna the world does revolve around you, especially <laughs> if you're as pretty as Suki. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Um, and then she's talking about how um, she got really upset that Sam didn't tell her when yeah. they kissed and when was going to be the appropriate Well, time. no, she said, I kissed you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she knows that he wanted to do more. When was it going to be an appropriate time? And I'm like, being a shifter isn't an STD, you, inappro- you inappropriate bitch. You're not going to catch it. Yeah, what did she think was going to happen? They were going to mm. be having sex and he would transform into a bear. That would be weird. That'd be dangerous. It would be dangerous. He'd like try to grab her and be like, it's okay. And then like rip her insides out and be like, oh, but, sorry. But he'd kind of just be like, grr, grr. <laughs> <laughs> sexy bear noises. Like, ah, <laughs> I don't think that's a sexy bear noise, but <laughs> uh, she gets really upset at him. And he says something about uh, why, you know, something about, you know, you have your secrets. Yes. Um, and like he thought that she would understand, and she's like, "Well, I don't hide it for any from like yeah, anybody. I don't and hide who I am. I really don't think Suki's got the moral high ground here. No, she listens in on people. Yeah, and like Not she does all the time. Yeah, she does her best to try and stop it, but she does use it when it's convenient. Yeah. Um, and you Not know, all she of does... us have that luck, you know. Yeah, not all of us are <laughs> fucking fairies. <laughs> fucking fairy pussy <laughs> uh, oh. we're back in the woods with Tara and Miss Jeanette who and the peyote is um, chanting over Tara who is convulsing and holding her stomach you know like she's in a lot of pain and Miss Jeanette is telling her to just let her anger and hate go <laughs> at that it's, moment Tara vomits <laughs> yeah the demon is digging its claws in so it can hold on don't fight back let your body be the battlefield 
And I'm like, no, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the weed cocktails of drugs you fed her. Again, if Bushdoffs have taught me anything. It's don't drink the weird vial. Oh, yeah, don't, don't drink, drink the, the weird vial. Yeah, don't drink the snake juice unless a trusted friend is giving you the snake, the snake juice. juice. Yeah. Now, but the problem is, did your friend get the snake juice from a trusted friend who made the snake juice? Uh, if my or do trusted... we only just trust like the next chain of command and that's it? Uh, if my trusted friend got it from a trusted friend, then I trust the trusted friend. Um, okay. Yeah, that's but good. I'm not going too far into that because again, it's a bush doors. Um, so, so that's a, not... that is a good chain of trust. Yeah, I, it, it's like having a rave mum. <laughs> I oh, I've been rave mum before. It's it's always fine. It's it's fine. <coughs> You've got to have a jump buddy. You do. <laughs> <laughs> and so now Tara has halluc- uh, Tara has thrown up, and now she is hallucinating herself. This will come into play later. But Miss Jeanette is like asking her what she sees, and Tara is like, "It's me. I'm a child." And the child is like talking about her mother. Um, so Miss Jeanette gives her a knife and goes, "All right, well, go murder your inner child." Yeah, which is so um, no. As a child of trauma, you heal your inner child. You do not murder it. The um, fucked up thing is, too, she goes <laughs> over and she murders this, like, child. And she, like, stabs the air, falls over, picks up the knife, and the knife is dripping with blood. Yeah, that'd be terrifying. Um, That is some A-plus horror movie bullshit. They should make there a whole a- movie just from that. There is, and I do love, like, some of these horror movie tropes through True Blood. It's yeah. kind of, it's... It's beautiful. I love it. It's awesome. You can definitely tell that they've taken that care to include that for horror lovers and mm-hmm. yeah, genre lovers in general. Um. So now we jump back. Oh, Miss Jeanette starts like cradling um, Tara, being like, yeah. "Okay, you're cured now." Um, it's okay. It's Give me my money. Yeah, bitch, but I have my money. Um, and then Jason is. We we jump back to Jason and yep. Amy. They're getting ready um, to go out. Yeah, Amy. Amy makes a remark about Jason spending more time in his hair than any man she's ever seen. Uh, ever seen. And Jason's like, "The trick is to make it look like you've done nothing at all. It's actually harder than it seems." And I can relate to that. Yes, been there, done but, that. Yeah, you've got to get the bed hair just right. But so me she having was- like, uh, so my hair is like a three B curly. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, nah. Uh, we don't have bed hair. We have like <laughs> bed frizz. I actually, you can see in my background, there is my satin cap that I actually sleep with. <laughs> I should get one of those. My oh. hair is, I've got like really thick hair, but it falls out really, really easily. Um, but I spend a lot of time also straightening my hair because I, again, never grew out of my emo phase. Yeah, um, that's fair. So, I straightened my hair recently and it's so fucking long. I was like, whoa, I was not well, expecting that. <laughs> there's, there's a pair of Jason's like beard trimming scissors that I am tempted to just. No, go. we're not doing that. We're not doing that. I've already We're done. We're not doing lockdown thing. hairdos. You've already done a lockdown brow do. <laughs> I'm channeling my inner bisexual. Um, so Amy puts down the toilet seat and the toilet lid, and she sits on the toilet and she's got a cup of coffee and she says to Jason, "We need to talk about Eddie." And she says it like she's talking about a dog with behavioural problems. The way her tone in general shifts from her being very direct to being sugar-coated sweet, fucking, I hate it. It's she's, Fuck off. I, again, I keep saying in my notes how much I hate her, but she's such a well-written character. Yeah. Because she's doing it because she's found the, she's found the, the, the vials. She's found the bottles of True Blood. And she knows that Jason wants to be compassionate. So she swapped to compassionate. She knows this is the way in. She's a narcissist, right? 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. I just wanted to double check that's what you thought as well. (laughs) So she's she's talking about how um, all we need to do is make Eddie love us. And then maybe maybe we don't have to keep him locked up anymore and we can travel with him and sell his blood. And I'm like, yeah, that should be easy. All he's got to do is forgive you for brutally kidnapping him and draining his blood and treating him like an animal and planning to use his blood as your retirement fund. She'll be right. Also, she says to him, have you heard of Stockholm Syndrome? We'll make him love us. We'll, I hate uh, this. We'll keep him with us forever. And I'm like, so, you're horrible. So when this was recorded, Stockholm Syndrome was still kind of this very valid thing. It has in the last couple of years been revealed that Stockholm Syndrome was only used to discredit the, the, the tales and the experiences of the women who were actually captured. Um. Because they were rather saying, than a survival mechanism, yes, yeah. or a disassociation that they were having, or yeah, like so an was, actual <laughs> survival. Yeah. yeah, so it was. Oh, they've just got Stockholm syndrome. They're just like relating to their captors, captors kind of thing. It was just used to discredit them. You're like, no, women, uh, women will do this to keep themselves alive. Yeah, literally, literally, <laughs> like, and it, it's not necessarily a like a, a, a people, specific thing. Yeah, but, sorry, yeah. A survival mechanism. Is, yeah, it is a survival mechanism for all genders, but it is a heavily gendered towards women. Yes, yeah. Um, That's understandable. Yeah. And, and in domestic violence situations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so where am I up to? What am I looking? Um, so Tara has gone home to her mum. Yeah, mum, I'm back from the Bushdorf. <laughs> Mum, went to the Bushdorf, wasn't that great? Threw up. Wasn't that great? Drank some peyote. Kind of stabbed myself a little bit. But so she wakes, her, Letty Mae is sleeping on the couch. Yeah. And Tara comes in to gently wake her and says, Mama, I've been cured. Yeah. It is a very touching and beautiful moment. Until Letty Mae says, I forgive you. I'm I'm sorry. What? This is your child. What has Tara done to you that you forgive I her have, for? I, I have the exact same thing. Like, why is Letty Mae forgiving Tara? Letty Mae was an alcoholic, abusive mother. Why like, is she forgiving is, Tara? And this is 100% a, and this, it gives me, it, it's giving me flashbacks to me. It's people-pleasing behaviour to yeah. satisfy your abuser in order to, it's that fawning behaviour. Yeah, when you're just like, yeah, I no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Even though you're the one that needs the apology, you will always apologise to... Um, it's like... I used to do it with my mum all the time. Because Letty, Letty Mae says that Jesus answered her prayers. She would pray that Tara would get better and all that kind of stuff. And Tara yeah. says, I didn't know you cared. I always thought that you didn't love me. And so Letty Mae silences her and says, "You like, I forgive you. Now, don't get me wrong. Um... I don't think Jesus was big on exorcism. I think he was more about not being a jerk and pissing off the Romans. Yeah. Also, the Catholic Church got really big into exorcisms. Yeah, that was that was kind of their thing. Um, but yeah, so I I had a huge fit about Lady May forgiving. Um, yeah. Maybe she meant she forgives her for that comment about I didn't think you loved me. No, I, but I mean, still, there's it. no forgiveness for there. No, all right, no, scrap no, that right. idea. Yep, no, we'll scrap, scrap that. that. Next scene. We're, we're moving past abusive childhoods. We're not yeah. spending 25 minutes We're moving here. on to the engagement party preparation, which I love. 
Sookie does passive aggressive so well, except she just misses the passive part and she just does aggressive. Um, because she says something to Terry about, I know you're reliable and I can always count on you. And I was like, And it comes from the fact that Sam asks her to help him with the, like the paper lanterns that he's hanging up. And he turns around and goes, I'm kind of busy sorting out your bar. And she's just, she's like aggressively putting bottles down. (laughs) And then Terry comes out and like picks up this thing and she just turns around. Oh, bless you, Terry. You're so reliable. I won't give me any nasty surprises. Pointed <laughs> stare. <laughs> but oh, Sam, I Sam's up a lot just like fucking kill me. Fuck off. But um, before that, um, Soki had said something about the dog, and Sam was like, "No, that's a, that's a real dog." In their conversation back at Soki. yes, yeah. Um, and then the dog and so the dog is at the at the engagement party. That is actually Sam's dog. <laughs> Um, because Arlene, the dog runs past and when Arlene comes in, Arlene's like, oh, the paper lanterns look so nice, but don't you think they should be, like, colour-coordinated? Like, alternate colour... Like, boy, girl, boy, girl. Boy, girl, boy, girl. (laughs) Also, shouldn't they hang in scallops? And And a bit more romantic instead of, like, a a redneck dance? Yeah, a redneck barn dance or something like that. Yeah, because then um, Sam's like, well, how do you want it to look? And Terry's like, a debutante ball. And Arlene says, hug your, hug your neck. neck. What does that mean? I think I think it means, like, pat yourself on the back. So I am currently trying to pat myself on the back, and it kind of looks like I'm hugging my neck. Okay. Do you, do you kind of, you know. Yeah, I get it. Like that? Yeah. But I'm also patting myself on the back. Right, that's. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the best I can okay. come up with. I'm going to research um, it after because you're probably right, but I need to know. <laughs> um, also, just bless Terry Belfler. I know. He's so he's so kind and nice. He's just a genuine person. And, again, just, like, he just wants to be friends with everyone. I just want to hug Terry. Yeah, because he's talking about how his cousin Portia was a, a Deb um, when she turned 18 and saying that, you know, his family's been doing it since the, the Revolutionary War. And Sam says, must be nice to come from such an old family. And Terry says, all families are old, Sam. Some just keep better records. And Sam so actually has learning a about Sam. flashback. Um, yeah, this is when he uh, was uh, living with his adopted. Yeah, so he's living with his adopted family. Yeah. And this is the initial shift. This yeah, this is, is his first. So I'm assuming it's like a puberty thing that happens. Yeah, something something, something must trigger it. So it must be like puberty because he looks about 13. 14. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Um, I have to mention though, and I make a mention of it later when the, the, the young Sam character comes back. This kid wears the ugliest, freakiest fucking contacts. Because he mustn't have the same blue eyes. The same eye colour, yeah. As adult Sam. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Go back and watch it. They yeah. put him in the creepiest blue contacts. Ew, okay. Um, I'm in. I'm going to check so it out. In the in the flashback, the beagle is barking at Sam and Sam is like convulsing and yeah, howling foaming and all in this the kind of stuff. And so Sam's adopted mother comes out to stop the dog barking and sees Sam having this episode. Yeah. Um, and Sam's adopted mother calls out to her husband and says something's wrong with Sam. Sam jumps up, runs out of the house, rips off his shirt, and shifts into the ba- uh, the beagle. The bagel. The bagel. Uh, shifts the into bagel. the beagle. <laughs> shifts into the beagle. Um, and his adopted mother looks horrified. Yeah, I don't, of course. I don't like, think she expected fuck? that. 
Uh, that wasn't listed on the adoption papers. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? Um, so, yeah, and so I I love that. That's really yeah. – I, I love those little flashbacky bits. Yeah, I've always liked that in TV shows. I was a big fan when they did them in Supernatural. I'm a big fan of them in True Blood. I love flashbacks. Give me that – give me that exposition, please. I need it. Um – so we're over to Lafayette lounging on the couch. Um, I don't know what he's watching. Uh, he's watching like a drama and he's like, take your ass. Oh, take your man, take his ass. Yeah. She, and I was he's, like, he's watching an old movie. Yeah, an old black he's watching, white movie. yeah, he's watching an old black and white movie and this gorgeous skinny blonde woman. Probably is Catherine walking, O'Hara. Probably. <laughs> um, is walking down the stairs in this like gorgeous, it must be like red dress and mm. it's very dramatic. And he's waxing his chest. Yes. Beautiful. And I, I love this mini arc. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, he gets a visitor who is the politician who was in an episode, a couple, like um, maybe episode three or four, when we find out that Lafayette um, deals V. Yep. And he's talking about how he has a speech that night. He gets um, stage fright. He needs V to help him. And Lafayette tells him he can't because he sold out. Uh, he can't restock because his source doesn't come out until night yep um lafayette then gives him a blowjob to ease boost his, his confidence yeah boost to his confidence yes interesting i mean i mean <laughs> stroke an ego stroke a dick same thing same thing same thing um <laughs> it is a very funny mini arc though it's it just shows lafayette switching very very funny yeah, Lafayette's, um, he's just a fantastic character. And the fact that he's just, like, yelling at the TV, I was like, yeah. I can relate. I can relate. <laughs> so, okay, this is where my car thing comes up, right? Okay. So when... Oh, my Lenny... God, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> yes. Lenny, when Lenny Mae and Tara had reconnected, they decided to go out for lunch. Yeah, to... they've gone out of town somewhere that they used yeah. to go to when Tara was a kid. And it's like a seafood restaurant. And a big thing in in Louisiana and, like, southern areas is, like, crawfish boils. Yeah. So, basically, they just get crawfish, boil them up, do them in, like, garlic and butter. I think they're eating uh, prawns, though. Yeah, it's either that or, like, shrimp scampi. Shrimp. That's that's what they call it, sorry. They got kind of long, flory bits. Oh, I didn't notice that. I just saw red. So... Uh. But Lenny May one is like ripping the heads off these shrimp and sucking the head. Oh, I know people who do that. Um, and then she's just throwing them behind. <laughs> yes, yes, I knew you were gonna have a. I'm like, where are you throwing those? Her like, windows are. I think they're out the window because the window's open. Yeah, but I don't think she's throwing them in the right projector. No, I think they're going into the back seat. Back seat. So Lenny, so Lenny May is eventually getting sick. And Tara yeah. says, I told you not to suck their heads. She stops in at a heads chemist. Are, uh, the heads are the best bit. <laughs> I don't eat, sh- I don't eat them. Oh, you so don't, don't eat don't shrimp. <laughs> I don't eat- the idea, so like the idea of shrimp is gross. The oh, okay. Sucking your shrimp head. Bleh, bleh, bleh. I'm more worried that they didn't take the poo shoot out, but my, <laughs> oh, you, do you, you wouldn't know how to pull apart a prawn then, I guess. No, I so I know how to peel a prawn and okay. take out the and take out, pull the out the poop and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't, like, do it's it. a, the back the black thing down the that yeah because that's yeah, cause, the poo shoot. I know it's the that's, intestinal track. That's their fucking anus. 
It's the intestinal tract, you bogan. But uh, <laughs> you absolute redneck. <laughs> um, <laughs> my ex-boyfriend's dad was like, "You gotta eat. You gotta eat it with the poo shoe in." And I'm like, Ugh. "Take it out." Anyway, he look. I loved my ex-boyfriend's dad. He was great. He was funny. Is um, he still is? He's still alive. He is still funny. <laughs> Sorry, anyway. sorry, Rob, if you ever listen to this podcast. <laughs> Hi, Rob. <laughs> hey, Rob. Hey, Rob. Um, so Tara says, I told you you shouldn't suck the heads. She stops in at a, ca- like a local chemist on the way home. Yeah. And she walks up to someone she sees um, hanging something up in the back, and she goes, oh, do you know where the Pepto-Bismol is? Is Pepto-Bismol, um, like, the same as Gaviscon? I think so, yeah. Okay. It's like... Yeah. Make, what, was he, what, is, what does Bernard call it on Black Books? Black Books? Uh, Make fuzzy nice nice or something like that. <laughs> I haven't watched Black Books in forever. I'm gonna have I to rewatch that. Black it. Books. That's so good. Um, and so the woman turns over and says, "Oh, it's in aisle six or something." And Tara goes, Wait a "Hang minute. on, I recognise you." And the woman sort of gets a little bit spooked. You that bitch from the woods. You that bitch from the woods. It's Miss Jeanette in a wig. <laughs> um, and Tara finds. I love the way you said wig. 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 Oh, I'm gonna say pig like that so many times in the next season. Don't know. And you know exactly why. Yes, I do. Pig. Um, and terrifies this out really, really violently because she's like, I know you and pushes this woman up against the end cabinet and rips this wig off. And she's like, What the fuck? I'd be so upset if someone ripped my wig off. I'd be really upset if somebody in a wig had just given me a seven a fucking eight hundred dollar trip. Exorcism. Yeah. But Tara asks her, "What the fuck?" And she yeah. says, "I've got a son in prison. I've got another in Iraq, and I'm raising three grandchildren." Wouldn't and her daughter has diabetes. And her daughter has diabetes. Wouldn't you do anything for the ones you love? And so, like the the whole thing here is that Tara doesn't want to break her mother's heart. Because I've got here never meet your heroes, and that's basically the that's basically <laughs> this is it. It. never meet your heroes. Don't, don't do um, it. Because Tara's now had the illusion shattered, and that's yeah. what kept this together. It was the illusion of Miss Jeanette, and that and, her mum is healed and safe and that's, from alcoholism. And that's what this, and that's what this woman mm. says. She goes, "If Miss Jeanette works for your mother, then that's Miss Jeanette has worked." Yeah, and I kind of like. In a way, I know she got scammed, but if it's keeping her mum. And Lafayette says the same thing a couple of episodes ago. It's like, you didn't yeah. get scammed. It's worked. It may be a placebo effect, but, but it's worked. You <laughs> yeah, didn't get exactly. scammed. Yeah, um, exactly. I just. You weren't scammed. Yeah, you weren't scammed. Uh, you're possibly overcharged. You weren't scammed. Yes, you weren't scammed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's, that's the whole thing. They have this whole thing. So. Tara storms out screaming fuck. She's like, fuck, 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 fuck. It's really funny. Um, her anger just, is justifiable. <laughs> her anger is quite justifiable. Um, she gets into the car. Letty may ask if they got her anything. If she got her anything, she's like, they're all out. And she zooms off. But I kind of like that she didn't reveal it to her mum because she is enjoying the result of that scam. Yeah, it's scam. cutting It's cutting Quite. off. It's, it's. I want to say cutting off her nose in spite of her face, but it's not. It's mm. it's kind of the opposite. She doesn't want to re- reveal the truth, the the Wizard of Oz. So she doesn't want to go and yeah. reveal the, the wizard behind the curtain 
because that loses all the magic ruins everything yeah um so now we jump back again to Merlots. And the engagement party has and the engagement party. started. Um, I love that Terry is having a little chat with Sookie and he's like, I'd ask you to dance, but I don't dance. Bless Terry. And I love like, Terry. Thanks. You know, sometimes crowds, crowds make me feel guilty for not having fun like everyone else. And I relate to that because I'd like to observe. I'm an observer. I- I like observing, but I'm also one of those people who I would love to go and have fun and yeah. dance and all that kind of stuff. I My biggest story for this, my biggest anecdote for this is my 30th birthday. Uh, my husband, bless him, had done a – I had wanted a funeral for my 20s. <laughs> I'd wanted a funeral for my 20s. My <laughs> husband built me a coffin out of pallets. He built himself a bar out of pallets. He had organized, he'd actually bought a sign-in book for everybody to write their condolences. (laughs) He had bought a wreath with a banner um, that said in, in like, memoriam of Addie's 20s. There was a whole thing. And everybody everybody had to wear their either their most emo or their sexiest funeral gear. Sexy funeral gear, yes. It was a whole thing. You're trying to get that widower girl. Exactly. I am going to pick up a widower. Um, and so the whole I question. Yes. What would be your sexy funeral gear? Uh, so I wore a deep plunging. I have a, a swimsuit that's got like a deep plunge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have like a um, pentagram harness that I wore. And I Ooh, wore a yeah. high-waisted skirt and some tights. and some Nice. Boots. I don't know that what was, I'd wear. That but it'd it. be a lot of fishnet. Yeah, and then there was like some dark lip and some dark eye and some oh, yes. hair. Big hair. Um, big, big hair. Um, it was it was beautiful. It was fantastic. It was wonderful. I loved it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we started we started the night. I think we started about five o'clock or something in the afternoon. Um, we were a little worried that like it was going to rain and it was a little <sighs> windy and all that kind of stuff. Jason had organised. Um, Jason had gone all out, um, and I ended up in bed at about ten thirty. Because I, my fibro had flared up. Oh, okay. I was, I was like, were you passed out? No, no, no. I was, <laughs> I was drinking in moderation. Like, despite yeah. the fact that, like, Jason had made this bar, and he had cocktails. There's like cocktails you can get that you put vodka or gin into, and probably ah, uh, yes, yeah. I love he, that d- stuff. he had a whole list of cocktails that people could order. He bartended. Wow. Like this, this was Bless his him. element. This was my thirtieth <laughs> birthday, and. I said this was the theme and he took it and ran. It was my 30th birthday. It was his day. <laughs> but I ended up in bed at about 10.30 because my fibro had flared up. I ended up getting a migraine. I'd done this. And I felt so guilty for the next two days. I ended up in so horrible. You've got your because best friends like, there, though. They know. Yeah. And, like, everybody understands and everybody is really sympathetic, but it doesn't stop that guilt. No, absolutely not. Um, and I was like, everybody had come out for me and I bailed. I was, you know, like this big fucking loser. Um, and I just felt so bad. And I can understand that. Like I'm somebody who wants to get involved, but like, if I can't, then I feel, sit there and feel guilty. My favorite part is Terry turns around and he goes, guilt is a useless emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Try telling that to a neurodiverse person. Yeah. Try telling that to somebody who has grown up with a guilt complex that could cripple something. Oh, um, but I love that she says, I just wish Bill was here. And he's... <laughs> yeah, there's some dead people I wish was here too. <laughs> it's, such, 
no filter and I love it. I fucking love it so much. It cracked me up because he's just so, like, nonchalant about it. And then he kind of looks at her and, he's and like, he just toddles off. He's he just like, wanders away. Off I go. Off I pop. Um, my favourite part of this scene, though, is watching Arlene and Renee dance. They look so happy. Oh, together. I know. They look so Southern Bible just... Belt dancers. Yeah, but <laughs> out. so, so happy. She's yeah. so, like, and, like, the actress who plays Arlene is so gorgeous. And yeah, seeing she's stunning. That, seeing that smile just light up, like, she looks so genuinely happy. Mm. I love how actors and, you know, they can do that. Yeah, you were, like. So if, crazy. She looks like she would like genuinely light up a room. Yeah, definitely. Um, so now we come back to Eric and Bill and, and Pam. Their mysterious trip. Trip. Um, so turns out they're at a tribunal. Yeah, so we're finding <laughs> out about some vampire politics, and I love yes! this. Yes. So we meet the Magister. Yes. So we've spoken about sort of the hierarchy of, of vampire politics before. So we've got sheriffs and we've got the magister and we've got uh, the authority. and all that We've got investigators, which I think Bill eventually becomes. Uh, he's an acquirer. Okay. It's different in the book. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's the same It's the same thing. I think they just call it different things. Yeah. But he he's, it procures it. He's a procurer. That's it. Um, so You procure information. I just had um, a light bulb moment. Oh god! Um, so the magister, <laughs> the magister is sitting in the back of this ute, uh, and he, <laughs> it's like they're in a car yard. Yeah, they're in a car yard, uh, and he's dishing out a punishment for a vampire who has clearly done wrong, and the vampire yep. is having their teeth pulled out. And I have such everything in this. I can deal with so much gore in you know, this show. No teeth. The teeth. Oh. This is what did me because it's like the the first one they pull out. They've just it's just as they've pulled it out, and the guy is spewing blood, yeah, kind of stuff. Which you would, and the, yeah. And the magister says that um, you can't eat until your teeth grow back. Three months should do it. Yeah, because it takes about three months for fangs to grow back. Yeah, and then he directs the woman to who's pulling them out with the pliers to go and the other one from the root, and you hear it crack. Yes. <gasps> That is the sound of it dislodging from your skull. Mm. <laughs> Woman? What? I swear to Jesus. <laughs> I've told you not many things bother me. <laughs> I so, vomit. Yeah. Like, the, the thing that, and I think this is like, we've had this discussion off, off camera, off mic, is like, I've had the, the, the teeth. Mm. The teeth. The teeth dream where it's like, I, oh, I have the, this. Yeah. Yeah. Teeth is like the one thing that bothers me. I want to tell you about my dream that I had recently. Okay. I uh, something had happened. I can't remember what, but I remember touching my face and my teeth were just like my gums were turning to jelly and my teeth were just like like just falling into my hands. It was really weird. I had a weird face dream this week too. And I was like, oh, what the fuck is that? So I had a weird face dream this week too. I was like taking off my makeup and it was caking. And it was like turning to like sand, like a really crackly, sandy, scaly ah. stuff. And then my skin was sloshing off. How did it go from sand to slosh? I don't know. It was like I was like magic wiping sand. it off. Yeah, magic magic sand. sand. No, but it was like I was wiping it off and like my skin was coming off. Oh, I hate those kinds of dreams. 
Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to remember to take um, my makeup. It's a punishment for not taking my makeup off. Ned's mum has a dream uh, interpretation. It's in Cyrillic, so I'll have to get her to read it for me. Cyrillic's uh, Serbian writing. Yep. So she's just so gonna I take can't this and read like, it. Hey, can you I'm just, just... like Eva. I need you to interpret these dreams. She's really big. Like um, one thing that's really funny, uh, really fun. Sorry about Eastern Europeans and Yugoslavians is they're very superstitious, okay. and so dreams always mean something. Like to the point where like Eva has had a dream about something, and she's like, Ned, you need to stay home because I've had a dream. <laughs> I and just keep like, telling people. They just, I just keep telling people they shouldn't have cheese before bed. <laughs> No dairy before bed. Yeah, no dairy oh, that's what bed. I had ice cream before I went to sleep. A couple of that's why I had that fucking dream. Yeah, no dairy. Like, I'm a lactose. Get... It's punishment because I'm lactose intolerant. Exactly. No dairy before bed. You won't have the weird dreams. Look, I appreciate Ned's mum and her superstition, but maybe no cheese. She should... Yeah, no cheese. No cheese and more superstition. That's, I'm trying to think if she eats cheese. <laughs> I'm, like, trying to think if I've seen her eat cheese before she goes to bed. <laughs> I mean, she's super Slavic, so I was... It... Cheese isn't a big thing. No. Uh, not where she's from, anyway. Maybe where his dad is from, because um, they had a lot of sheep and goats and stuff. So hers was more like chickens and pigs. Yeah. So less less, less cheese, more poultry. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, um, so, yeah, this, this scene with the Magister is kind of setting the scene of vampire politics if you have wronged other vampires yeah it's like a it's like going to court yeah um except the vampires are all sadistic yeah and you have to represent yourself you don't get a lawyer yeah i mean you get eric but <laughs> he's the witness he's a... yeah. i mean um, he does the right thing he yeah kind of um so we jump from the magister to back to jason's um basement and jason yeah, and he's is... giving feeding eddie yeah. yeah, Jason is feeding Eddie, and Eddie reveals that Amy found the bottles yeah. um, and says that, you know, Amy said that withholding was turned about to lying and all this kind of stuff, and Jason doesn't believe him. Mm. Um, Eddie, but I think it gets into his head a little bit. It does. Jason, Which is good. <laughs> I've got here that Eddie really wants the best for Jason, but would also devour him all. I mean, but, I mean, if they were to let Eddie go, would they be not, would Eddie kill them? I feel like Eddie wouldn't, I would hope that Eddie would just leave. Yeah, just get the fuck out of there. Because the personality that Eddie gives off is that he's not a murderer. He just wants to yeah. live in peace. Just leave me alone. He just wants to, you know, see Lafayette once a week. He wants to. He wants special. his Mondays after he watches Heroes. Yeah, exactly. Um, he doesn't feel like the confrontational kind of person. Yeah, true. That would do that kind of thing. He doesn't mm. feel like he would confront Amy. He's yeah. doing everything at the moment out of survival. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Amy comes down the stairs and says, maybe we'll bring the TV down for you later. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, because, again, she's trying to appeal to Jason yeah. in that we're being nice to Eddie sort of thing. We're going to keep him. Don't worry about it. Oof, um, fuck up. But speaking of Eddie, Lafayette is at Eddie's house. Speaking yeah. of the little ways of flip phone. Oh, I love it. Um, which I had. I loved it. And Lafayette's, like, yelling into the phone, like, your door was wide open. What the fuck is Where going on? Where the fuck on? are you? Uh, and he clues in that Jason has to have something to what do What does with he this. find on the floor? It's the TV remote. Whose TV remote? Eddie's TV remote. But how does he know that Jason had anything to do with it? 
because Eddie, because Jason came to Eddie, uh, Jason came to Lafayette a couple of days earlier, wanting V, and he said, "Fine, I'll go find it somewhere else." But I'm just thinking, like he picked up the remote and then knows that Jason's involved. I feel like he's just figured out that, like, he's followed him there. Oh, because I, yeah, because it gave me the thought, hey, that's something of Jason's that's been left behind. We might have to go in back the and struggle. Watch it. Yeah, if anybody knows, please do let us know. Because yeah, we're still on Twitter or on Discord or something. Yeah, we couldn't. I couldn't see what it was. I thought it was the TV remote. I was also because watching you, on my iPad. Because <laughs> if you look at it, it looks like a TV remote, and there's hmm. like bat- there's like double A batteries on. The yeah, that's what I was so, thinking. Like it's a TV remote. How does he just yeah. go Jason Stackhouse? Yeah, so I thought it was that Lafayette has made the connection because Jason went to Lafayette a couple of days earlier and said, okay, I will go and get it somewhere else. You can't be the only dealer in town or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's um, so that's it. Um, now, we jump back to the engagement party. Yeah. And Arlene tells Renee, Renee to ask Sookie to dance. <laughs> and Renee says something really racist. He just said, yeah, he's just like, uh, you deserve better than a vampire. I don't have anything against them. There. No, that wasn't that wasn't what I was talking about. Oh no, the, what else? I can't remember what else he said. It was something to do with a c word, an ex cheese. Oh, ooh, yeah. Yuck. I don't it remember was, that bit. See, maybe I just cut those that out of my memory, and I'm like, mm, I don't want to. Remember. No, because I've got here. Not everybody likes a what? I'm sorry, Renee. What'd you say? <laughs> um, but again, very southern kind of language. Yeah. Um, I don't like those kinds of derogatory terms. So, yeah, neither do I. Um, so, Suki is dancing with Renee. Somebody asks if they can cut in. Renee twirls Suki over to Sam. Who asks for a truce? And Suki looks like she just stepped in dead rat. She's not I, honest, I honestly don't know what she's so upset about. Sam has just revealed, obviously, something big. Yeah, like something like, that he's obviously copped a lot of, you know, trauma and contempt for being. I could understand being upset that maybe she, like, he didn't reveal it earlier because they, like, she thought that they were really close friends. But, like, yeah, if he's taken the time to reveal this to her, this isn't about her. No. This is about him and she needs to get over herself. And you know what? I'd be like, you know what? I am honoured that you shared that with me. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, okay, cool. I will keep this secret for you. Please tell me about your super cool, like, super I want to know everything about it. But, yeah. um, and he also, she said, she mentioned something about Tara and, you know, um, why didn't uh, you she, tell me about Tara? Yeah, she makes the equivalent of, well, you've been keeping a lot more. Why didn't you tell me about Tara? And he's like, well, there's nothing to tell. And that's kind of true. Like, there's not there's not anything there to tell. They aren't technically official. They're sort of being toxic not at each anything, other. really. Yeah. And um, he says that he didn't tell her because he knew this is how she'd react. Because she has, like, a, a very... Yeah, she, she freaks out. She it. makes it a very big thing about her. And it's like, yeah. it's not anything to do with her. Uh, I do have a throwaway comment here that uh, one day I want to go to a southern feast. Uh, yeah. Because Jason and Renee and Hoyt are walking through like the the buffet area, oh, talking so talking about how Amy's um, Hoyt's favorite 
girl that Jason's ever dated and how they're talking about respect and all this kind of thing and how they should just like it's it's a very antiquated form of respect also amy comes over to the group and is trying to talk with them and jason's like brushing her off like i'm with the boys go yeah because because he's now in that eddie has gotten into his mind of well she doesn't trust you Mm. so why does he trust her yeah and she's like does anyone want a beer and jason's like no i'm good you need to go go away just go get your fucking beer um, and then he so, also mentions that he thinks that he uh, might that have lost the one. No, that he oh, might have lost the, the other, other hand. hand. Yes. Yeah. And Renee's like, well, that's easy. You just need to tell her that, like, she needs to respect you and all this kind of stuff. And, it's like, and then oh, Hoyt applies it to his mother. Mother? <laughs> if because... I was his mother, he'd get slapped down so fucking quick. Don't you? <laughs> what makes you think you can speak to me that way? Do you, do you have a death is... wish? Because Mrs. Fortenberry comes over and goes, Hoyt, that is your third beer and that is too, too many. Uh, and then Hoyt's like, bitch, this, I am going to drink like six more beers and then drink enough tequila to drown a ship. You need to fuck off. And she is like, oh, excuse me. Uh, excuse me. And Hoyt looks so proud of himself. And I'm like, listen. I mean, there's better ways to do that. <laughs> the Oedipus complex is strong. <laughs> I mean, like, that's your mum. There are more polite ways to speak to your mother than that. Well, to be fair, she started it. She did. But and also, I'm a big mum. I'm a grown man. I'm going to drink as many beers as I want. Maybe I'm just approaching this as a child of abuse from my mother. <laughs> Probably. I feel that inner part of my inner child. So. Uh, see, mine's fresh. So. Oh. <laughs> no, mine's all healed now. So I'd be like, mum, I'm all good, hey. Oh. Thanks. Thanks for worrying about me. So... <laughs> So we jump back to the vampire trials. Yes. And Eric has introduced Bill. And um, basically they're talking about what crime that Bill has committed. Um, and adequate punishment would be. And maybe yeah. five years in a coffin bound in silver. Yeah. Because that is the way they would usually deal with um, a... This kind of... Yeah, a murder of... Um, another vampire because the magister actually says so you murdered a higher life form for the sake of your pet you broke an ancient and fundamental law you decreased our numbers at a critical time in our history very bad very very bad yeah so it's like he's talking about five years in a coffin bound in silver to waste away to leather and sticks like yeah no i'm good good. are the bones the sticks yeah okay i just wasn't sure where the sticks came in (laughs) <laughs> they're just they're just throwing in sticks. <laughs> just throwing in a couple of fern. Yeah, just and yeah, just just twigs. Eucalyptus and, like, tree. And, yeah, just twigs and like leather bound books. Um, but the magistrate says I'm feeling a bit creative. Then we go back to the party. So we don't really know what the magistrate's got planned at this point. And Arlene is bragging about how nice Renee is. And I'm like, oh, Arlene. And then also Amy is talking about how great Jason is. And she says, you know what I love about Jason? Everything is just right there on the surface. You never have to worry what he's thinking. And Silky's like, yeah, because he ain't thinking. She's just so abrupt. It reminds me, Jason says, I've got it here somewhere, Jason says in last week's episode that he goes, in fact, I've got months without thinking about shit. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Exhibit A. 
she's into a T. And then Tara comes waltzing in. Drunk as fuck. Drunk as fuck and in her youthful formal dress style. <laughs> her prom dress. Thank you very yeah. much. I like no, how Amy's I, like, oh, you still fit into it. Fuck off, Amy. Get out. Um, I do have to say the, ta- the the actress who plays Tara is fucking shredded. Yes. She's, She's incredibly fit. Gorgeous arms. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, okay, just keep, like, just hug. Hug. Mm. Give love. Just squish. Yeah. She's, she has a beautiful physique. And, like, a lot of it, and when they're doing, like, the goddess scenes with her and stuff like that. Oh, my God. Just, well, I hate that they handed so it up. She I know. Gorgeous in those dresses. She is insanely. Wow. Um, she's insanely beautiful. Yes, she is gorgeous. Mm. Um, so yeah, she's she comes over and she's like talking to Arlene, and then she goes over and finds Sam. Yeah, who she takes in. Uh, wait, no, that's not this bit. Oh, I'm jumping ahead. Anyway, oh God. Andy approaches uh, Sam. And wants to know oh, what yeah. his story is. And Sam's like, oh, well, I was adopted. And by the time I turned eight, 15, I was on my own. So I'm assuming that that moment when he shapeshift, he left forever. And he just never turned back. So when you go back to the next um, flashback. Which Sam is actually after this conversation, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sam goes back to the family home. And the family has left. Ah, Okay. So Sam ran away from home and then home ran away from Sam. Yeah. Um, so Sam goes back. The I didn't make that connection for some reason. <laughs> so Sam goes Sam goes back home. The cupboards have been sh- like yeah. you know, bare. The, the, the fridge has been emptied. But Sam's room remains untouched. Yeah. They, they, they completely disavow any knowledge of Sam, basically. That's Everything so else has been taken except for Sam. Yeah. Because and that's where you see the creepy contacts because it like closes up. Oh yeah, hands. I didn't notice that it were contacts though. That's so yeah. yeah. No, it's 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 real obvious. It's maybe you were just blanking them out, but I was like, yeah. but Andy says to him, Sam, where the hell did you come from? And Sam says, I came from exactly the same place everybody else came from. Andy, what does he mean by that? A vagina? Maybe kicking and screaming. Trauma. <laughs> no. Oh, but this That's is where Tara shows up. Yes, because she actually spills a beer on Andy and asks him, "Don't you ever get sick of being in everybody's way?" And then she just full on pashes Sam. I know, and I was like, "Um, what the fuck?" Uh, so yeah, she takes well, him into the office and tries to have uh to get Sam to have sex with her. Before that, she goes, "Sam, I need you to come and take care. I have a problem. I need you to help me with," and just like grabs his dick. I didn't see that. I must have been, like, having a sip from a Red Bull or something. No, so, like, they make out and they're, like, having this conversation. She goes up and she's like, Sam, I have this problem that I need you to take care of. And her hand, like, slides down and Sam kind of, like, does that whole, like, stand up straight thing. He's like, oh, okay. Um, um that's my penis. <laughs> Okie doke. Um, blood redirection service happening. <laughs> So um, while they're in the office, he stops her and says, you know, what do you want from me? And uh, she just clicks and leaves. Once again, she they just gets toxic at each other. Yeah, yelling at each other. Because he says that she, Sam says that he is not a prop for her to use. And that yeah. is entirely valid in this sense. because it, Yes. Because she came onto him drunk. It was There was no conversation. There was no hello it was a Mac, a touch, 
and it's a very inappropriate. And in question. front of everybody. Yeah, it was entirely inappropriate. Um, and then, admittedly, Sam didn't react probably in the best way because yeah. he's immediately rejected her, and then Tara's gone. I don't want nothing from nobody, and then left. Yeah, which would be like a drunk response for most people, I think, or well, yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so Lafayette is now at the engagement party and he is on the war path. And he has found Jason and he says, my supplier is missing. Um, what the fuck? What do you know about it? Uh, he did interrupt Jason while Jason was trying to reach the world's longest pee. Oh yeah, he was just pissing in the woods. <laughs> that cracked me up. <laughs> um, Jason's then- in there rolling on his fucking heels just trying to get like- that pee stream as far as it'll go. <laughs> Um, and then Lafayette also gets angry at him for, you know, pretending that everything is okay when there's people dying around him. Um, you know, his grandmother's died, his girlfriends have died. Um, and, you know. Retribution is coming, dude. Like, stop mm. being so okay. Yeah. And Lafayette. Lafayette doesn't want to be the next one. No, he pushes him, like, just fucking pushes him and he falls on the ground and he says, I'm not going to be next. Entirely fair. For your shit. Entirely because fair. The thing is, Lafayette has cottoned on that, one, the people have something to do with Jason Stackhouse, mm-hmm. all the Stackhouses, and two, it's connections to vampires. Yep. And so Lafayette's like, uh 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 uh, I'm not going to be the next murder victim in all of this. Nope. Not, no not going to happen. And I don't even think it's going to, I don't even think he's made the connection to the Stackhouses. I think it is the connection that is specifically Jason. Jason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because Jason is the V addict. And that's. Also, yeah. Yeah. That's what's happening. And the people that he, like, you know, have slept with or know have died. Yeah, exactly. It is, yeah. it is relations to, it is relations to Jason. Yes. Um, so now so. we're about to, we're about to be introduced to one of my favourite characters. Well, the Magister tells Bill that because you took a vampire life, you now owe us one. And According they, to our records, you have never been a maker. You've never been a maker. And we're going to make you one. And so <laughs> they pulled like out Jessica Hamby from the trunk of a car. Bill says he'll take the coffin instead. Like I am not making a vampire. I'm not going to do this. So to set the, so to set this scene, and this is a really traumatic scene. I must yeah. admit. Um, they it's pull, really sad. It is. It is really sad. And it is really confronting to set the scene. They pull Jessica out of the, the back of the car. She is this gorgeous. She's like 17 or something. 17. Like that. It's just before her 18th birthday. Yeah. She's this gorgeous redhead. Um, they pull her out. She's clearly been beaten. Um, she's got a cut on her cheek and she is sobbing. She is mm. inconsolable. Um, she's saying that she only wanted to go to Ashley's party. She only ever gets to go to Bible studies or choir, church choir. Um, and if somebody will let her go home, they, she won't say anything to mama or papa or anybody else. She just wants to go home. And everybody is laughing. Yeah. It is, it is really confronting. I love Jess for who she becomes. Yeah, because absolutely. She really, she really becomes her own as a vampire. Um, yeah. But she, Especially because the relationship with her parents gets very um, hard, yeah, hard for her to maintain because they are anti-vampire. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but um, she promises to be a good Christian. You know, I'll be, I'll be a good girl. Just please let me go home. Um, the character of Jessica uh, doesn't actually exist in the book at all. Oh. So um, Tara is in the book, but she's like a background character because she's like an ex-classmate of Sookie's. 
and okay. owns like a store. They don't actually really become friends besides like Suki purchasing stuff at the store and that's it. Mm. Uh, so it's really interesting that they've yeah put together this completely fabricated character for the for the story, which I thought was was really great because Jessica yeah. is a really powerful character in this in this series. Jessica, yeah, just and she plays a really integral role in a lot of characters' lives coming up yeah. into the next season and stuff like that. Um, so Jessica sort of starts praying to to God and to Jesus to make it all a dream and make it all yeah. go away and all that kind of stuff and Bill sort of has this father moment where he's like, you know, this could have been one of my kids. Um, yeah. I will, take, I will take the coffin. Like, do not make Absolutely do don't want to do this coffin. to a child. Yeah. And then I just is like, nope, you got to do it. Yeah. Get on with it. So we cut over to Suki, who is inside the kitchen of Merlot's um, grabbing ice when all the lights go out. Um, she starts having um, like a vision, but I think it's her seeing... I think it's the images in, you know how when she reads minds, she either hears words or she sees pictures. Yeah, so she's, she's saying, the, the person. The person she's connecting with is having is seeing visions. He's it, they're 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 imagining things. Yeah. Um. They're 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 imagining the murder. Um. Because what she's seeing is a woman being strangled. Yeah. Um, it's really full on. It's, <laughs> it's Suki is terrified, and because she is seeing this, she's trying to get out of there. And um, she was, uh, she was in the she's in the bar, and then she jumps around to get into the kitchen, and she is attacked. And yes. um, the person actually tries to choke her as well. Um, she hits him with an ice bucket. Um, and she's like, yeah, trying to get the fuck out of there while she's mm-hmm. also seeing like these visions that this person's thinking about. And she eventually is like sprinting through the bar and uh, runs into Sam. And he goes to have a look at what's going on. And so he won't let him because she doesn't want to be left alone. Yeah. I do have this moment though. Um, Suki's jumping through the kitchen window. Um, yeah. where the food is passed through. Oh, you'd be surprised how easy it is to get through those. Because there's normally yeah, no, uh, no. That's that's not my issue. Oh, There's okay. clearly light shining through there, and he's got her foot. How the fuck did she not see who that was? Because she's seeing visions as well while he's touching her. Maybe that's blurring what she's actually able to see because one is taking. I don't know how third eyes work. <laughs> I got so mad about. I that only have bitch. I have four, and these <laughs> barely work. <laughs> um. So now we're jumping back to Tara drunk driving in her car and we see the pig <laughs> who is next to a uh, naked woman naked in the middle woman. of the road so this is where season two starts to pick yes! up yes and i I'm love season so two excited. because yeah, season... of this particular character so season two is great but the reason i start saying pig is because of the specific pig it is um, the pig this, this is the pig um, it's just it's just the way that Andy says pig. Um, the pig. Oh, oh yeah. Oh fuck. <laughs> it's just the way that Andy says pig. I'm so excited um, for season two already. <laughs> I know. So, so this is kind of where season two picks up. This mysterious character appears, um, and Tara is run off the road because she doesn't want to hit the pig and, and the mysterious the naked lady. Who um, then? We, we actually don't find much else out about until next episode, what Sorry. happens in this but we situation. See, but we see her face and she has a mysterious grin, like a mischievous grin. She's very Ooh. mysterious. One of my do, 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 do. favourite characters. 
She's so good. That F's the S up. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she is the shit that hits the fan, my friends. Oh, yeah. Uh, back at Jason's, Amy and Jason are arguing um, because he, you know, wants her to respect him. And Jason, Jason's idea of respect is freeing Eddie. He's like, nope, I'm done. We are done. We We're are done letting him happens. go. Yep. Um, so Jason goes to untie Eddie. And well, yeah, remove him. his the silver that's holding him down. Uh, Amy goes to stop him and Jason pushes her over. Yeah. It's uh, an almighty shove, but I kind of get why he did it because he's like, I want Eddie to get out of here and be safe. Yeah. You are um, not safe. <laughs> yeah. So Amy's next reaction is to um, stake Eddie. Yeah. She grabs a fence post and stabs him right through the chest, killing him, giving him the true death. Giving him the true death. And he just collapses into a pile of goo through a lawn chair. Yeah. That's the name of them. Launcher. Remember last week? I couldn't remember what they were called. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said it was a launcher. And oh, you're like, really? no, that's not no, it. No, that's not it. That's not it. Um, my, my reaction is just, what the fuck, Amy? Um, yeah, she's a piece of shit. Yeah, and that's that's Amy. That's The vampires are disposable. She yeah. will go and find another source. That'll be fine. And I'm, 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 into, I'm entirely convinced she's probably got vials and vials of blood stored away somewhere. Um, like she no an underground rail. Not, I don't know. That's a bad. Um, that's a bad example. That's like a, a very bad. Uh, like a wine cellar, probably. Like a little, just a little like vials. Just a little, a little wine cooler of them somewhere. Oh, okay. I was thinking like a whole wine cellar full of vials, but <laughs> I'm extravagant. <laughs> Dramatic. Of your, va- of your vampire blood. <laughs> um. So they're sort of dealing with that, and then we mm. jump back to Bill. the Bill, and the Magister is saying that, you know, you need to do this. So Bill looks at Jessica, and he's attempting to glamour her to make the situation more comfortable. Yeah, and he is talking to her as well, like, with a lot of respect, and, like, you can tell he doesn't want to fucking do this at all. Yeah, so Jessica asks if he is a Christian, and he said that, you know, he used to be and all that kind of stuff, and Jessica says... No, it's going to be fine. Jesus is going to take me back to He's going to heaven. take me to heaven. Yeah, he's yeah. going to take me home to heaven. Um, and so Bill attempts to glamour her. Uh, yeah. And the Magister's like, nope, <laughs> no, that's, that's not, not that's allowed. allowed. Uh, you just have to do it. Mm. I wish that they were allowed to glamour them. I feel like I feel like you know you can if you're doing it not in front of a magister who is attempting to punish you for killing a vampire. Well, the punishment is knowing that you taken a life. Yeah, you literally taken the life from this girl. Yeah. So Bill bites Jessica. She struggles. She puts up. Oh yeah. Bite. Um, and so he bites her. Um, and he really like he looks really cut up about it. He's like. Throwing his the head back. torment in his face is like, fuck. Yep. And he so asks mo- her for forgiveness too. Yeah, Mazeltov, Bill, you're a father. Yeah. And that's the episode. It's a girl! It's a girl! <laughs> and she's 17 years old. I love that uh, later on they do have a very dad-daughter relationship. They I have really a enjoy very, it. And it's so touching. <laughs> I actually and she really gets enjoy so it. protective of him. Yeah. Uh, it's, so- it's really lovely. It's kind of very different in the dynamic that like Eric and Pam have because is Eric Pam's maker yes Yes. yeah yeah and then then, um when you meet Godric who is Eric's maker Maker. um very 
uh, homoerotic relationship there. Well, it's and and then the the relationship that Eric has with his sister, yes, is different again. Like yeah. there's the 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 quote unquote family relationships. Are all it's very... very interesting how vampires are all, all have their relations. I can't wait until we meet Eric's sister because he says a line. She is so fucking cool. He says a line about them, and I just cack every time. It's so funny. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but so that was season one, episode 10. I don't want to know. As always, what did you think? I absolutely love this episode because I know what happens at the end of this season. And I'm just like, fuck, I can't wait for, for people who are listening um, that haven't watched the show yet to see what happens in these last two episodes because it's going to fuck your shit up. Yeah, so the plot twist is coming up and it is a really good plot twist and it's mm. opening up season two. And I feel like season one and season two are kind of the best same. seasons. I was going to say the same thing. It's just yeah. like, should have been one big season. <laughs> it should have just been one big season. But I feel like they're the best season. So like yeah. season three is kind of where it starts to trail off a bit. Um, and then, yeah, it's sort of, it, um, <laughs> it just sort of drops. Flaming hot mess. Yeah, I, I have made I have made my 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 opinions known on the end of True Blood very well. Yeah, known. and of but course season season one and season two were the strongest season, mm. and it's it's just such good writing and such good characterization and yes. all that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, Jessica. agree with you, Jessica. She's um, I fucking love this character. Um, I love the actress as well. Again, just yeah, gorgeous. Deborah Ann Wall. Her name is unfairly gorgeous. It's redheads, I swear to God. I just, I can't. She's, mm. she's too pretty. Do you know um, what I hate? My great-grandmother was a redhead and I ended up a dark brunette. Like, <laughs> no one in my family, like I've got, there's some blondes, but nobody got red hair. That's so unfair. I got, got grey. Yeah, so uh, I dye my hair. My mum went grey really early, so I'm also so starting to go grey. <laughs> yeah, so like, my dad. My dad only went grey at 50. My dad went grey like, by like twenty five. Wow. Yeah. I think actually, I think my mum was like in her late twenty, twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. No. With you, I love. I love this episode. Yeah. I love the 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 expansion on the vampire politics. Yes. I love. Um. We're going to see so much more of that next season too. Yes, a um, lot more of that next season. Because Belle um, heads off to Texas, I believe, or is that season three? He goes to Texas. Nope, season two because the second okay, book cool. is um. Yeah. Uh, it's like the Dead, Dead in Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. Did you just say Debbie does, Debbie does Dallas? Yeah, it's the it's, Debbie does Dallas thing. It's not um, Debbie. Oh my god! I hope not. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I love I love the sort of like Tara meeting, like I said, meeting her heroes kind of thing. She thinks she's cured. For like yeah. she gets she gets that moment of clarity for about thirty seconds, and then as Tara as is wants to happen to Tara, it just gets pulled out from under her. But I have a um, thought, and I want to know what you think. Okay. That she's had this moment of clarity. But does she realise that it was all along her that did that healing for her? Not until she leaves. Yeah. Um, not not until she leaves and she realises that it's not necessarily her that's wrong, it's Bontomp that's wrong. Yeah. Um, and she needs to get out of Bontomp. Yeah. So not until the end of season two. Yeah. Um, which again, I like season three. Like season three is a good season. I feel like that's where things start to go 
off. Yeah. Um, but it also introduces a really good character. It, re- it sort of introduces Roger, uh, Russell Eddington really, really well. Oh, yes. I love Russell Eddington. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah, we also love... do meet Alcide as well. Yes, we meet Alcide. Um, so fun thing about the guy who plays Alcide, he's a big D&D nerd. Uh, Joe um, Magliano. Yes, yes, I know. He, I think he watches Critical Role. So he watches, criti- he watches Critical Role. He does celebrity D and D. He's a DM. Yes. Um, That's so amazing. Arms like tree trunks. He is fantastically good looking, and so is his wife. Yeah, it's just. Do you know who again, his wife is? Who's his wife? Um, the the uh the wife of the father in um Modern Family. I can't remember her name. Um, oh, the. The Sofia Vergara. That's the one. I was like, I she has a beautiful name. <laughs> yes, that is his Good wife. Grief, they would have gorgeous children. But also, I, I mean, if they have but, children. But, but, but like, if just like if you yes, see the, side, yeah. the genetics, the genetics. But it's also like Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. Oh, and um, Lenny Kravitz's ex-wife Zoe. Zoe, I can't remember her maiden name. She is dating um, the Aquaman. <laughs> Jason Momoa, but she also also did date Lenny Kravitz, uh, Zoe Kravitz. Uh, that's that is her. Oh, Lisa, Lisa, Lisa Bond. That just came to my brain. <laughs> you just had a moment of clarity. I was like, maybe her name is Zoe Kravitz. Is his daughter? I apologize. Yeah, Zoe Kravitz. Their is daughter, daughter. Their daughter. Yeah, uh, yeah, Lisa Bond. I think her name is. She she is stunning as well. All you people with your genetics. Again, if you want us to do the 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 waifu husbando podcast <laughs> and people we would let step on us. It's just the Step On Me Daddy podcast. Yeah, the Step On Me Daddy podcast. Also, um, if you are a, a, a non-binary or um female, you are also daddy. Yeah, daddy daddy is a daddy is an energy. It's an um, yeah, it's an energy. It's not so a my, gender specific my, title. Anyway, <laughs> my my nickname in my Discord for my Twitch community is actually yes. Daddy Raid. Yes, um, I have a Beautiful. thanks Daddy. I have two thanks Daddy emotes because one is easier to read than the other, but one is more flamboyant. And one of my Twitch sub emotes is thanks Daddy. I um, love it. So Daddy is it's Daddy energy. Also the same as like that's baby. That's an yeah. energy too. Um. So the thanks daddy thing came from, we were talking about it once, um, t-shirt ideas. And it was, I, I had a, I had a, a clip that was, um, like any millennial, I'm a fan of tentacles. Oh, yes, I've seen that shirt. Yeah. I'm um, and then it was sugar baby, sugar babies are a tax deduction, which is two, still two shirts I need to make. So I will, I will purchase the sugar baby one. But just so I can make it a tax deduction, right? Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if, this is where we plug our stuff. If you want to come follow my Twitch stuff, so you can get daddy emotes, do it. That's that's the thing. Um, and you have that Twitch TV slash gamo underscore raid R A D E. That's the one I know where I do that things. is that is it. Um, I just hang out on Twitter. Yeah, I can't stand underscore. Yeah, um, but you can also find me on Twitter at twitter dot twitter dot com. 
forward slash on gamer underscore raid. Good lord. What? Um, are you okay? No, I'm tired and hungry. Um, what are the other things you do? What are the horror things you do? Um, you my website is actually launching on Saturday at uh, 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Times at www.hearourscream.com. Which I'm really looking forward to. You can find us actually on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Heroes Scream. That's all you need to do. Excellent. Know. And what about the podcast? At Club Dead Pod. For... I wasn't talking about that one. I was talking about oh. your other one. Oh, the horror movie pod. Yeah, sometimes I forget about that because I'm so like in advance of my episodes because I'm so busy. Um, at TGIF Pod. But you can... <laughs> like this podcast, which we're recording the night before it has to go <laughs> up. <laughs> or we record the night after it's meant to go up. We did that once. Oh, that was an antihistamine problem that I had. <laughs> Oh, we just didn't record that one week because we were so fucking tired. We're professional. that week. <laughs> we love this podcast and we are we professional really, we podcasters. Promise, we promise we do. We are masters of the art form. We know what we're doing. Um, but for the podcast, you can find us at Club Pod. Club Dead Pod. Club Dead Pod. We'll also have a link to our Discord. So come chat. All things True Blood. We're actually looking to do some True Blood recipes soon. So yes, once we're allowed to... to be out of our homes, yes, that is uh, content we are exploring, which is going to be a little bit interesting. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, fabulous. Love it. Yeah, we need the great. cookbook, don't we? Uh, I'm assuming we can find it somewhere. Uh, it'll be on Book Depository or something. Something. I'd somewhere. love to have a physical copy of it because I'm a book collector. Yeah. Sorry, trees. Um. Cool. We're gonna that's end us. the podcast. Yeah, that's we'll, us. Um, we'll see you next week for episode. What episode? Oh. Episode t- ten. Eleven. This was episode ten. Oh, I thought this was episode nine. No, this was episode ten. We did episode what? nine last week. Oh my god, I've labelled this thing the wrong one. Now I'm gonna have like a mental <laughs> break. I'm gonna have a mental breakdown. Anyway, goodbye uh, everybody. We'll see you for episode eleven next week. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>